When you wake up and look in the mirror, what do you see? In a perfect world, we would look at ourselves and think we are a beautiful, divine, hardworking, good-looking, motivated, outstanding human being. But most times, that's just not the case. We are flawed and imperfect, but that does not mean we can't be kind to ourselves. One of God's commandments is that we forgive, and that includes forgiving ourselves, letting go of past mistakes and moving forward with compassion for ourselves. In this episode of Time to Talk, I sit down with a dear friend, Abby Harding, and we talk about how we can be kind to ourselves, what are ways that we show compassion to ourselves, and how to get out of that perfectionist mindset and truly allow ourselves to receive forgiveness. Abby is so down to earth. She's one of the sweetest people I know, and she shares some really cool stories from her own life that have helped her with this concept of compassion and being kind to ourselves. Abby also has a podcast. It's called The Strive Podcast, and she has very similar conversations on her podcast that we also have here at Time to Talk. So definitely go check her out. Her social media is Strive with Abby. So I definitely recommend giving her a follow, checking out her podcast, seeing what else she has to say, because she is so insightful. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing while you're listening to this podcast, I really hope that the message of self-love resonates with you as you listen to our stories and our journey as Abby and I have come to learn how to love ourselves through growing closer to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I feel like 2023 has been a challenging year for me. It's, I remember on New Year's Eve, midnight, I was like, oh, happy new year, whatever, with all my friends. And I remember looking at the clock and I just had this feeling like 2023 was gonna be horrible. Like I couldn't put my finger on it, but I have just grown so, so much. I'm at this really intense job. I'm taking a million and a half credits just trying to graduate, right? Um, There's just a lot on my plate. And this year, I have been the toughest on myself. I have let so many things slip. Like, for me, I think I put value on, like, a to-do list. Like, if I don't mark everything off, I'm not good. Oh, my gosh, I have 50 things. I did 49 things. I suck, right? And that's not an exaggeration. (laughs) Like, that's the the cold, hard truth for me. And I I put a lot of self-worth on getting stuff done, whether it be like work things, homework things, life things, like folding laundry, like little things like that. And I think when other people don't get things done, like, oh, it's okay. Like, no worries. Like, we'll figure it out. But like, if I don't get it, it's like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. And so I think I, going off that scripture, like I have that compassion for everyone else except for myself. And like you said, I think it's 100% a girl thing. (laughs) And I think I've learned to combat that by keeping myself accountable, like not stretching myself so hard, but still having that, hey, I'm holding you to this standard. But if something doesn't happen, the world is not out to get you. It doesn't hate you, it's okay, just keep on moving on. And I think in these like last 90 days-ish of the year, this is the hardest time for people, like holidays, and you know, you've set those New Year's 2023 goals and now it's starting to slip. You're like, oh, well, it's the holidays or, oh, it's busy. Oh, you know, you're starting making these excuses. And I think this time of year, especially is when people get really down on themselves. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Something that you said really stuck out to me, how you have 50 things on your to-do list, do 49 of them, but one of them doesn't get done. Yeah. And it just frustrates me why we focus on what we don't get done, what we don't do, when there's so much good that we are doing. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that one um, inspirational message video from the church. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but like the mom has like a million things to do that day, but she ha- was going to like meet up with her cousin for dinner or something. And like so many things get in the way and, you know, her friend comes over and asks her to watch her kid and then her kid forgot to do the science project and then all these different things. And she's just so frustrated because people quote unquote, like got in the way mm-hmm. of her having like a successful day or like, you know, doing what she wanted that night. And she wasn't able to go to dinner with her cousin. Um, but the whole point of the video is like, we don't know how much good we do. Yeah, I think that's literally the title of it. Yeah, of that probably. Video. It's my favorite. I yeah. watch it all the time. So good. And, you know, she was able to help so many people that day. And she didn't even realize it, but mm-hmm. she was doing what God had planned for her to do that day. And so oftentimes that is the reality of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like he has a plan for us. He has expectations for us, but we have totally different expectations. And when maybe his plan gets in the way of our plan, we get really down on ourselves. So what we need to do is shift that focus, mm-hmm. focus on what he requires of us. And that's where we find fulfillment. And that just brings us to, you know, our divine potential and our divinity as children of God um, is where we find happiness and contentment with ourselves. Like I said, I value my to-do list so much, more than I should. The girl in the video has a to-do list. I think that's where my love of to-do lists come from. I literally have a notebook in my bag where I literally write with black ballpoint pen squares, and then I write a task next to it, and I have to put a check mark by it. And a lot of things are little, like email this person back, do this thing, right? And a couple weeks ago, I think I just hit a breaking point it's halfway through the semester, you know, I have a lot of things like that. And I think I literally just couldn't do it anymore. I, my days are crazy. I leave at, in the morning at 7 a.m. I, <laughs> I come home around like six-ish and that's like, my day's like gone. <laughs> and now it's winter time, so it's dark outside. And I, what happened was I was doing these long days. I'd fall asleep every day from six to like nine. I cannot wake me up. And then I do homework from like 10 to midnight, go back to bed, can't fall asleep. I'm waking up or I can't fall asleep. So I'm falling asleep eventually by like 2 a.m., waking up again at six and just kind of doing the cycle over and over. And I last week I just had a breaking point. Like I literally couldn't do it anymore. And so I decided that some things were missing. I, I got paid and I didn't pay my tithing. Like not like on purpose, but just like, you know, things happen. I didn't read my scriptures that week. I didn't pray that week. You know, I was doing these big, big things, but I didn't include God in it. And so I ended up canceling a meeting. And I said, I said to my husband, I was like, can we just like go to the temple like right now? He goes, let's do it. And so we literally just like threw our stuff in the car and just went and it felt so peaceful. And I kind of just talked to God and was like, I am so sorry. Like repentance basically it was just like, I wrecked this week. <laughs> and it was like, I really struggled and I didn't include you. And I was doing it all by myself and I could not do it at all. Couldn't even get close to it. And so it was in sense that I've been doing really well. I think focusing on those things to be able to get closer to God has helped me be able to have more time. 
weirdly, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but he's given me the time, capacity, and strength to be able to get what I need done. And I'm very grateful for that. There are so many things that we can do to show kindness to ourselves. In this part of our conversation, Abby and I talk about those things that we like to do, and we also talk about the importance of setting standards and limits for ourselves. It's important that we don't overwhelm ourselves because when we become overwhelmed, we set ourselves up for failure and it just makes us that much more unsatisfied with our efforts. Take what you will from this part of the conversation. Hopefully it inspires you to do things daily that help you show more compassion to yourself. The thing about me is I love being creative. And I I think I mentioned that earlier, but I literally think I could get a laptop and a charger and be in a dark room and write a whole novel in a day. Like, get me some Nutter Butters, get me a glass of water, and I'm good. Like, and I can just go crazy, and I love being, it's like my outlet. And so I think finding something that brings you joy, whether it be writing, photography, going outside, hot yoga, you know, whatever. But I think making time for your passions as well is a great way to show that you love yourself. And we're all created so uniquely. We all have different things that we like, so really embrace that. And... Give yourself time. You know, there might not feel like there's time, but maybe it's getting rid of one thing off your to-do list. Maybe it's giving that to someone else, being like, hey, coworker, I'm really struggling with this. Can you please help me with this project, right? Whatever that may look like, ask for help when you need it and take that time to really get to know yourself and spend time doing something you love. I think there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. In the, there's a article that I read from, I think it's from Harvard. Um, but it's called Give Yourself a Break, The Power of Self-Compassion. And they talk about all those things, um, you know, delegating some tasks to other people. And they also talk about knowing your limits. And this semester, I've really had to know my limits. In the past, you know, someone, my boss, my professors, whoever it is, would like give me an assignment, give me a task to do. And I was like, yes, I can do it. Like, I'll squeeze it in. But some days it's like, no, I actually really don't want to. And this is not good for my mental health. Um or even my physical health, like there's just some things that we have to say no to and it's okay to have limits. Limits are good. And that's something I'm saying that right now, but I'm still trying to convince myself that it's (laughs) true. Like I know that it's, that it's good to have limits, but it's hard to put limits on yourself. Um, I think we're both pretty, you know, motivated, hardworking people. So it's hard to put those limits. Um, But it is so necessary. Like, you know, before I was working a lot more than I was this semester and this semester I just had to take a step back and I just had to talk to my bosses and be like, you know, this is the time I can allocate to work and that's really all I can give this semester. And I was really scared to tell them, but they were like, oh, for sure. Like, we totally get it. You're taking hard classes. You're graduating. You know, now I'm planning a wedding, like all of these things. And I was like, oh man, like it feels so good when you have people to support you, understand what's going on. Um, So I think another way to be kind to ourselves is to understand that there's people that are kind to us and that we can take their their kindness and apply it to our lives and make things a little bit easier for ourselves so yeah and i think in our own heads we create this narrative before we talk to someone be like oh my gosh they're gonna hate me oh my gosh they're not gonna like me anymore they're gonna fire me whatever and that's not the case you can't just assume that someone hates you Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and you have to be able to go through and be like tell the truth 
because the truth means a lot. And so if you just admit, be like, hey, I'm really struggling with this, most of the time people are going to be really happy that you came to them and that you trusted them enough. Yeah. And usually those people are the people that see that you're overworking yourself. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, you need a break. And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize. So... Yeah, people are really nice. And sometimes people aren't nice, but that doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. We are doing the best we can. Um, there's another, I think it was in um, Elder Holland's talk, Be There Perfect Eventually. Everyone knows that talk. It's like super famous. Uh, but he talks about how we don't need to be perfect. Um, we just need to try our best. Yeah. Pretty much is like the whole topic um, of that general conference talk. In the talk, he said, I hasten to say that focusing on the father's and the son's achievements rather than our failures does not give us one ounce of justification for undisciplined lives or dumbing down our standards. And that's really tricky to find that balance of being Mm -hmm. like, okay, am I being lazy or am I just, you know, taking a break? Or, you know, am I setting limits on myself that are below my potential? Mm -hmm. Um, It's important to realize that we have you know a lot of potential um and not putting limits that that he says like dumb down our standards like we have these standards that we should be living up to you know i can say okay i'm taking this many credits but you know in this one class like i'm not going to do some assignments because it's just too much like i don't know if that's the best Mm-hmm. mindset to have because in reality we probably could be completing most of those assignments or you know you can apply that to really anything yeah but how can you how have you been able to like find balance in in setting standards for yourself yeah I love that question so I kind of imagine it like like a big bottle of water and then there's rocks in it and so there's big rocks like big responsibilities and then there's little rocks that are like little pebbles and if you put the big rocks in the bottle first then the little ones will fit. But if you put the little ones in, there's so many little ones that you can't put the big ones in, right? Um, just like that analogy. And I, I think about that analogy probably like twice a day. It's like my Roman empire. And <laughs> I always think to myself, like, what's my big rock today? Like, what do I have to get done? It's like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that, right? And so I think when showing myself grace, it's like, okay, these big rocks are my most important things. And if you don't know what your most important things are, ask your employer, ask yourself, like, hey, like spiritually, you can ask, you know, if you're in a church calling, whatever it is, but you need to figure out what those big ones are. So then the little ones can either fall away, you can do it tomorrow, um, you can do it the next day. But I think figuring out how to be the most accountable, so like homework, for example, like that's super important. If it's due tonight, let's do it tonight, right? And going through and managing your priorities I think is going to be key yeah I we literally are the same like I think our (laughs) minds are working the same because I think of that analogy a lot too of the water bottle with the rocks and the Mm -hmm. little pebbles and stuff and that is a great way I love how you put that to set standards for ourselves like do what is most important first and then if you have time for the extra things I think that's a great way to determine like what we should be doing and how we should be allocating our time um I love that. That's so cool. (laughs) And like when recording like this podcast today, this was like my big rock. I was so excited for it. And so, yeah, it's getting stuff done, but also it's like having fun while doing it. So I think when establishing your priorities, it can be fun too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to just be like a check in the box. Yeah, for sure. Back to things that we do to to be kind to ourselves and to to help ourselves. 
um, we were talking about hot yoga before the <laughs> podcast, um, but during, so I just started doing hot yoga like last week and it's the best thing ever. And it's been a really nice break just to, like take an hour of my day and go mm-hmm. chill in like a dark hot room and like do all these stretches. And at the end they do meditation. And so you're like laying there, sitting there. Um, and I started creating like this mantra in my head. It just like came to me. She didn't tell us to do this. It just like, I don't know, I was really feeling centered with myself, I guess. And I started saying, I am blank, I am Mm -hmm. whatever, but with only positive things. So like, I am smart, I am motivated, I am strong, all these different things that I really have believed, have come to believe that they're true, which is so cool because I was just reciting all these things. And I was like, wow, maybe like five years ago, when I was in high school and super insecure yeah. and like hated myself, I could not, I would not have been saying these things, but it's over the years doing those little things daily to be kind to myself. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to get to a point where I can recognize what's good in myself. doesn't mean I'm always super happy with who I am or, you know, what I'm doing, but that repetition in my head of like repeating things that are good about myself was like so good I started tearing up like during mm-hmm. the yoga session I was like oh. I can't cry right now like there's so many people here but it's just the sweat there yeah it's just I'm just sweating a lot <laughs> but it was it was really good it's something I really recommend to a lot of people you know just sitting in your bedroom at night alone wherever you can find peace in the temple wherever that yeah. is for you just you know telling yourself the good things and say them until you really believe that they're true and out loud mm-hmm yeah have you ever had any experience with doing something like that? Kind of, yeah. I feel like my mom is really good at this. She, Her bathroom mirror has always little sticky notes on it, and I thought that was really cute. I feel like I have a lot of attachment to words. And so, for example, one word I really wanted to learn more about was mindful. And my trainer on my mission just has a word a year and mindful was her word of the year when I was with her. And I feel like it's really helped me be mindful, not only of myself, but also of the people around me and also of God and his like tender mercies. And so um, I think I've started to say like, I am mindful of this. I am mindful of that. I am mindful of all this good in my life rather than like all the bad, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, focus on the good. That's mm-hmm. another thing that the article from Harvard was talking about, like a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. People who have a growth mindset and have the confidence that they can change are the people who are the happiest and the people who are the most kindest to themselves, have the most compassion with themselves. And I, yeah, the growth mindset concept is just so cool. Yeah. Just knowing that you can grow. Like you don't have to be who you are if you don't like what you're doing. You know, you have the ability to change this. The beauty of the gospel is agency. Like that's our biggest gift. Through agency, we can become the person that we want to be. Mm-hmm. through God, through everything that he's given us. Um, and just so, like you said, having those little reminders every day of just like, you know, putting sticky notes like your mom does on the mirror of g- things that you mm-hmm. love about yourself um, is so, so powerful. It's the little things that create the biggest difference, so. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in 3 Nephi chapter 9, verse 14, it says, Yea, verily I say unto you, If ye will come unto me, ye shall have eternal life. Behold, mine arm of mercy is extended towards you, and whosoever will come, him will I receive. And blessed are those who come unto me. Abby and I talk about these verses and the power that they have, the beauty that they have, and how we've been able to apply these scriptures and this concept of forgiveness to ourselves and our own lives. that last phrase of like his arm being extended towards us whenever that's in the scripture I just I can picture it perfectly in my mind like he's out there reaching to us every single day and it's up to us if we want to you know grab on to him um, what do you what do you like about these verses that we read when it comes to forgiving ourselves I love the scripture that you read about rest isn't that doesn't that just sound so nice to just rest and chill mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think when you forgive yourself, it gives you that rest. The truth is, is everyone around you is overthinking. Everyone around you is thinking about something that happened to them four weeks ago that's still haunting them. And so whether it be like, oh my gosh, I should have said hi to that person or whatever. or Oh, I should have done this better. My boss hates me. And they're like, whatever. And so I think that rest is possible, but you have to remember, I think I said this earlier with like my mantra is the world is not out to get you. The world doesn't hate you. You just have to keep going. That's what my husband tells me all the time is when something bad happens, it's okay. It's not the end of the world and it's not necessarily your fault. You have to keep going and repentance is real. Like that's why Jesus Christ is here. And so if something is bugging you or you feel like you messed up, um, that's okay. You know, that's why Jesus Christ is here. And if you feel like it's a little bit more than um, just like a, what's the word I'm thinking? If you think it's something more, then that's where a bishop comes in. And because bishops have so much love and compassion and and the tools to be able to help you and the priesthood authority to be able to help. And so if something is really bothering you, I think he is a fantastic resource to go to. Um, but I think if it's something's on your mind, you just need to talk to the Lord about it and the Lord will direct you where you need to go and you will be able to find that rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that rest. We need so much more rest in our lives. Our culture is so obsessed with being busy and being as productive as we can, but that's not, I don't think that's the expectation that the Lord has for us. Um, He literally says here in the scripture, like we just read, like he wants us to rest Mm -hmm. in his, in his glory and his like love that he has for us. Um, And, you know, we can, it's so easy to slip into that perfectionist mindset. And then that's just so bad because then when we do mess up, which we will, because we're humans, we can't just, you know, sit around all day hating ourselves for it. We have to immediately, you know, get up and and change something. Mm -hmm. Um, immediately pray, read our scriptures, whatever it is, something that will make us feel better. Yeah. And just trusting in the Lord. As you grow closer to him, you will learn to love yourself more and be more kind to yourself because he is so kind to you. And if you want to emulate, you know, those Christ-like attributes, you'll apply it, like, you know, turn it right back around to yourself and treat yourself with those, those Christ-like attributes. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about that? Yes. So I remember vivid experience, but I was in the second grade 
and I grew up in California. I think you did too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the school I went to was like very popular. Like popularity was everything. I think that's kind of how every elementary school is. But because I lived in LA, people would be like auditioning for commercials and like things like that. And oh. so they kind of thought they were better than they were. There's like a whole nother <laughs> level of popularity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was in this friend group, like the Everyone at my school was super nice. Like very like I never had any problems with them and but they put a lot of value on material things. So for example, um on the first day of school, second grade, every girl had the same lunchbox. It was like this cupcake looking, I can still vividly see it. It's bright pink. And well, it had it was Barbie. It was a Barbie lunchbox with like her holding a cupcake or something weird like that. And it was like this hard pink shell. It had like a white handle, like I can still see it. And it was like a sticker of like Barbie on it. And they all pulled it out of their backpacks. They're like, oh my gosh, we're all matching. That's so funny. And I was so ashamed. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't have that. Why didn't I buy that lunchbox at the store when I saw it? And so as the semester, I guess, went, my mom found that lunchbox at like well, like Big Lots or something, like the discount store. And she said, okay, if you want this lunchbox so bad, you've been talking about it nonstop. We, I found it for cheaper at Big Lots. You can save up your money and you can go buy it. And I said, done. So I did all these chores. And then um, after Christmas break, I finally had enough money because like Christmas money, whatever. And I bought the lunchbox. And I was so excited. Like I was more excited for this lunchbox than like my other Christmas presents. And I showed up to school that, you know, after the break, and simultaneously, all the girls pulled out a new lunchbox and it had these dolphins on it and it came with a thermos and it had like different pockets and stuff. And the same reaction, they were all laughing. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And then one of them looked at me and they're like, Abby, where's your lunchbox? And I was like, oh, I left it at home. And I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, I have to save up money again. Like if I do this chore, I can make this much money. And I was calculating it, calculating it in my head. I was like, I will never have enough money as a seven-year-old <laughs> to be able to pay for this like all over again. And I looked at the Barbie lunchbox that I bought and I was like, I don't even really like Barbie. Like I like it, but not enough to have it as a lunchbox. And I liked my first one. And it was this big experience of like, oh my gosh, if I'm gonna keep up with these trends and try to like fit in with all the people in school, I'm gonna have to make millions of dollars to like keep up. And I told myself in that moment, like I would never do that ever again. Like if I liked something, I'm gonna get it. And unfortunately, you know, I fell into all the trends. You know, I bought silly bands that cut off your circulation. <laughs> I wore the Amber Combi Kids foot flops that were like so painful against your big toe. You know, I wore, you know, just everything. Like I fell into every single trend trap thinking that this would help me fit in. This would help me feel better. This would help me look better. When in reality, it just made me feel worse because it made me feel behind. And I think Satan loves trends. He loves when you don't like yourself because what happens is with trends, it makes us all the same. Instead of God wants us to embrace our unique attributes and wants us to embrace all that goodness. And so it hurts. It hurts. And so I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, finding something that you love, like a passion, be able to do it. There's so much power in that, you know, embrace it and just take a step back. And if you don't like something because someone else told you to like it, that's okay. And I think social media does a wonderful job <laughs> telling us what to think and what to do. And I know you have an episode um, with Bianca about that. And so, I don't know, it's, it's intense. And so I think in order to love yourself, you have to be able to put in the work to get to know yourself as well. 
There is a talk by Sherry Dew called Knowing Who You Are and Who You Have Always Been. If you haven't read it, please look it up. It is one of my all-time favorite talks ever, and it really changed my perspective on myself and made me realize the potential that I have as a child of God. And I know that each one of you will benefit from reading it. And as Abby and I close out the podcast, I hope that you're able to feel the love that God has for you and apply that love to yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Your support means the world to me. Remember to follow the Time to Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share it with your friends. Share this message with someone who you think needs it. I love you all and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to Time to Talk today. When we find ourselves through God, you know, that's who we really are. Mm-hmm. You know, take away all the trends, all the the fashion things, all the things that are very temporal and worldly, and we just get down to the root of who we are. Um, you know, that's who God made us. And someone in my my acting class, I have to take an acting class right now. It's like required. That's kind of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super fun. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I do. But he gave a spiritual thought the other day about the atonement and he said your life was worth the sacrifice of a god mm-hmm. and that really stuck with me it's so true because jesus christ would have you know he would do the atonement for just one of us and it's so so powerful and it's so cool to think that you know we are enough mm-hmm. um we're divine we have these wonderful unique different characteristics there's no one else like us in the whole entire world and that's how it's intended to be and so hopefully that is enough for people to want to be kind to themselves that you are made made so so uniquely and so um you know in the eyes of someone who loves you limitlessly there's no Mm -hmm. ends to the love that god has for us um what would your last piece of advice be to people who who are struggling with with finding love for themselves in luke 19 it talks about zacchaeus i think that's how you say it and a little bit of background about that story is he was a publican which means he was a tax collector basically but what happens is is back in the day he would go to one person and say okay the tax is let's say in american dollars let's say it's ten dollars but he has to make a living too, right? So he'd say, okay, the tax is $15. So he would, you know, add the money on top of it. And people hated this guy, hated him. And which makes sense because if you have a guy saying, hey, you need to pay the government this much money, but yet your neighbor has to pay quadruple that, right? It's, it's kind of interesting. And so he got a lot of hate, <laughs> but he, but he was also, in Jericho and he was a Roman so didn't really mix culturally so it also made it hard for him and it also says he's short in stature (laughs) so he had a lot of things against him but he wanted to see Jesus so bad he I don't he was we figure out eventually that he's like super righteous it wasn't like malicious intent to go meet him but he climbs on the sycamore tree and he goes I just want to see Jesus and I don't know if it's curiosity, maybe it's a spirit a little bit, but Jesus calls him down and says, Hey, like calls him by name, like Zacchaeus, like, come here, like, let's go to, let's go to your house. Like, let's talk. And 
can you imagine being Zacchaeus and be like, oh my gosh, I just collected all this money from this guy <laughs> and <laughs> did all these things. And, but yet Jesus was like, let's go, like, let's go chat. And I think sometimes I'm Zacchaeus in ways, you know, doing things. I mean, of course it was a job, so I was part of his life, but people viewed him as evil. And where, you know, you're doing these things, but yet Jesus still knows you. He knows you by name. He's calling you. And if you're looking for him, like Zacchaeus was, he will come to you and he's already here. You know, like we read in that scripture earlier because his arm is already extended out. And so he also loves effort. So like, you know, him climbing in a tree, right? So in order to love yourself, it does take effort. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be the next day. But when you're doing these things, getting closer to God, it will come and it will come in the boatloads and it'll be wonderful if you let it. There's a lot of tender mercies there. And so I think there's a lot of power in Jesus and you have to, you have to trust him. And he wants to come into your home. He wants to come into your heart. And he wants to be able to give you that comfort and friendship like he was able to give Zacchaeus. Thank you so much, Abby, for coming on here today. Your thank insights you. were great and amazing. I learned so much and I know the listeners did too. So thank you so much. You're thank the best. You. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye guys.